to you as it's already been spoken about praying together and planting together. And I have the assignment to talk about pastoring together. And Houston Church Planters Network is something that we ought to be thankful for. We ought to be thankful that at least once a month we can come together across the city uh, and share together and uh, pray together to encourage each other together. We ought to be thankful for that. And um, we ought to thank Chad Clarkson because we call him the great pastor of the city. Amen. Uh, I don't know anybody's car that has more miles on it, you know, a year than Chad Clarkson's car. And so we thank God for him and uh, praise God. But right now we have a chance to close this out and talking about pastoring together. And there is a weight when it comes down to pastoring. Uh, each of us that are in the room right now uh, are pastors that serve congregations. And uh, I'd like to add to that where it says subtitle up there, pastoring together in difficult times, pastoring together in difficult times. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to start at verse 23. The apostle Paul writes these words. He says, are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I'm more so in far more labors and far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day. I spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers on rivers Dangers from robbers, dangers from countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers in the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food in cold and exposure. And apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Sounds like your ministry? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to gather with my brothers right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask God that you would minister to us because fathers, we minister to others. Oftentimes we're not ministered to ourselves. And so Father God, as we pour out and make others full, Father God, oftentimes we can be close to empty. And so, God, I ask that during this time together that you would minister in such a way that you would be glorified, that you would fill the cup of your servants here. And, God, that they would go back encouraged and strengthened and take the responsibility of pastoring together seriously in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen and praise God. Pastoring together. There are moments in time and in history that change the course of what's going on. A few years ago, we had an experience called Hurricane Harvey. Perhaps you would remember Hurricane Harvey. Hurricane Harvey affected every citizen and every pastor in our city. It affected our churches. It affected all kind of things in our lives. We really did not know what to do and didn't even know that the pandemic was coming after that. But Hurricane Harvey rocked our world. And some of y'all are going through some twitches right now as you, as you just see that picture up. It's taking you back to some trauma. And it wasn't just that. It was all kind of people 
that were struck and their lives were hit by Hurricane Harvey. They were your members, the members of your church. And as a pastor, you're trying to figure out how in the world do we deal with all of this? How, how do we recover from this? What do we do? And uh, these are homes of people. I mean, that's two-story home, and it's, it's going to be in pretty bad shape. And you got to pastor that person. And then watch this. Here's a church that you may remember. It used to look like that. That's Houston Northwest. That's Pastor Steve Besner's church. So Pastor Steve Besner not only got to worry about his members and his people that he's trying to pastor, the daily concern of the churches, but his very church, uh, three out of their four buildings were flooded. And they're getting ready to pay off a $2 million debt and be debt-free as a church, and now he has to get him a new, another $11 million in debt to rebuild his buildings. It's that daily concern that's going on in the life of the pastors where Paul says, man, five times I was beaten with 39 lashes. I was at night with exposure. I was hungry and I was thirsty and all these things that Paul says. And then Paul says, I've got the daily concern of the churches beyond such external things. In other words, you and I have things going on in our own lives. And here's what Houston Church Planners Network did at that time. They called in Jimmy Dodd. And we were across the street at a church off of I-10, and Pastor Serve came in, and Jimmy Dodd began to explain to us what they do. And Jimmy Dodd told us that there was a big tornado that hit Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the only First Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma remained. There were so many places that were devastated. Kevin Durant donated $1 million to the rebuild process. But First Baptist Church became the hub of not only the police department, but of the mayor's office. And, and, and he said, but when that was over two years later, the entire staff, except maybe two people, were all gone. That the daily concern of the churches and the city and the pressure of ministry during that time, he said, drove people out. And he said, there may be some guys sitting in the room next to you that after this thing is over, he said, they may not be here. But if you really think about it and look around because of the wisdom of Houston Church Planners Network to come together and bring Jimmy Dodd into us, I remember turning and looking at my best friend, Steve Besner. And I looked at Steve and I was like, Steve, man, like, are we going to be here? When this thing is over, are we going to be here? And I remember him saying, you, you, you may have forgotten, but I started thinking about who is not going to be in the room anymore. And the praise God, there are not many that we lost. And it was because we had a pastoral brotherhood that was serious about caring for us. It was under the leadership to where Jimmy Dodd came in and helped us. And it was a moment where we could have been devastated and taken apart, but God in his grace and his mercy, because there was already a pastoral brotherhood across the city was there for us. And so I want you to think about the reality. When you read 2 Corinthians uh, 11, all the things that Paul says has happened to him individually, but above all of that, I have the daily concern of the churches as the apostle to the Gentiles that I'm responsible for. That, 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 that when, they, when somebody, next verse, when somebody falls into sin in my congregation, I suffer over that. When somebody is weak in my congregation, I suffer over that. You and I who are real shepherds and real pastors, when somebody is wounded and or hurt, you feel the exact same pain. Tuesday night, we're in our last leadership meeting of the year. 
And one of our faithful men in the church whose daughter, dealing with some sickness and illnesses, talked about Sunday taking her life. So Sunday morning, because of the sickness and the illness and the pain in her body, he has to rush out of church, go to the hospital, and then now they've transferred over uh, in, 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 uh, transferred over to a regular hospital after she got out of the mental psych ward for talking about killing herself. While we're in the meeting, he gets a phone call to rush out. I'm teaching the whole leadership team, but I know what he's dealing with. And in my mind, while I'm teaching everybody else, I'm, I'm tempted to say, hey, is everything all right, Mr. Hightower? Because it is the daily concern that you and I have as pastors for our congregations, but at the exact same time, there are things going on in our lives. When you read what Paul talks about from 23, he says, man, I, I, I have far more labors than these false apostles. I have far more imprisons, imprisonments than these false apostles. I've been beaten times without number, often in danger of death. He, here's the call to the pastoral ministry for Paul. In Acts chapter 9, he doesn't say, Paul, man, you're going to write a whole bunch of books. He says, Paul, you've been called to suffer, bro. And every time Paul suffers, he knows he's in the will of God. Read Acts 9, 16 in that call. No, nobody wants that call. We want the call to speak at the conference. We want the call for our picture to be on the deal and say, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he's going to be there. Let, let, let's go hear him. But the call in Acts 9 was, I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my namesake. And we're talking about pastoring together. So when we pastor together, we have to know our brothers are suffering. We have to know that all that we might smile, talk about our work, talk about our ministry, there are things going on in your life and mine that if we were to really talk about them, we are suffering. We are going through difficult times, not only in our own life, but also having to stand and pastor the people that we're ministering to. Paul is preaching in Acts 14, and they have him stoned, and they say they thought that he was dead. Now, when they think that you're dead, they, they don't think that you're like barely dead. They think that you're dead, dead. And if they would have thought that he wasn't dead, they would have finished off the job. Like when you watch a good movie and they shoot a guy and, and he's down there and they come and get him one more time. Bang! You know, to make sure he's gone. All right. So when they left Paul there for dead, they, they thought he was dead. And the Bible says that while Paul was there and the, and the other you know, disciples were look, looking around like, man, I, th I think he's gone. You know what I'm saying? And, and all of a sudden the Bible says, and Paul got up and went into the next city and preached the gospel and made many disciples. You're like, yo, Paul, are you Earl Campbell or something? I mean, like, what, what, what's going on here? And so Paul is down, but he gets up, makes many disciples. And then the Bible says something crazy. He goes back to the places where he was beat up. Like, Paul, those people just came down and stoned you, and now you've preached over here, and now you're going back over there. Paul said, i got to keep playing the game. In the midst of all the struggles and strain on my life, I have to continue to be determined to play the game through suffering. And it's in that moment that Paul knows I'm in the perfect will of God while suffering. The call for Paul was to suffer. And so notice this. I want us to deal with, with the apostle. And I want to ask you a question. This, this interaction time. When you think about the Apostle Paul, what do you think about? You can, you can tell me. First thing, Apostle Paul, what, what do you think about? Church planner. Epistles. Epistles. Yeah. Persecutor of the church. Persecutor of the church. Persevering. Persevering. Okay? All these things that we think about when we think about Paul. Now, I want us to look through 
this very first point that I want to make to us. Turn with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. If, if you ever want to have a time to where you vent as a pastor, 2 Corinthians is good vent material. Read that and then write your own epistle. All right? In chapter 1, Paul says, man, we were in fear of death. We thought that this time, out of all the struggles that we've gone through, we thought this was it. Have you ever in your ministry thought this is the last time? This is the last Sunday? This is the last meeting? Have you ever gotten to the place where with all that was going on, you thought that this was the last time? In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, let's think about Paul, the church planner, Paul, the, the epistle writer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, you know that Paul is in tune with God. You know that Paul goes and does what God calls him to do. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, here's what it says. Now, when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and when a door was opened for me in the Lord, I had no rest for my spirit, and not finding Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. The Apostle Paul knew that he had a clear door open for the ministry that God had given him. And while knowing that, he came down there and he was looking for his brother in collaboration, Titus. And not just his brother, his mentee. And he doesn't find his mentee. And Paul says, although I know that God has opened the door for effective ministry here, he said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to shut down. Listen to this. If we're going to pastor together, we must sincerely value ministerial collaboration with one another. Who do you call on the name of the Lord with? Because pastoring can be a lonely place. Whoever thinks about Paul walking away from a ministry assignment. If you were to just really take your time to think about the Apostle Paul, you don't think about Paul walking off from a ministry assignment. Our brother was leading us in praise and worship, and he said, perhaps somebody even in here today is thinking about it might be over. The Apostle Paul had an assignment, and he knows that God opened the door, but Paul was at a place in his own personal life, in his own pastoral life, that Paul said, hey, man, you know what, man? I don't see my boy Titus. And if I, I'm not even going to preach because Titus ain't here. There's sometimes in ministry that there's people that we're connected with, that we love. And, and when they're not there, it just seems empty. Am I, am I the only one? There are guys that I say, Wash, if you're going to be out of town, let me know. Because I don't feel like I got all the preaching power I need if Wash ain't there. You know what I'm saying? There's some brothers that you just feel encouraged when they're at church. You see them and the sermon is bombing, but you see them and then all of a sudden you brought it up three notches. <laughs> This whole side over here, they're like, nah, we ain't with you today, Pastor. Okay, okay yeah, I'm, I'm really doing good. Paul is out here with a wide open door for ministry. And he's saying, man, I need to be encouraged. I need to be around somebody that I collaborate with, somebody that I'm linking arms with. And Paul says, and when that door was open, I looked around and didn't find my brother Titus. And I walked off from the ministry. But out of the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God, who always continues to lead us in gospel triumph, although I walked away from assignment, he had more assignments for me to fulfill. God didn't shut Paul off when Paul was thinking about quitting. When Paul walked away, God didn't shut him off. And there are those times in your life, what is Paul feeling here? What, why is it, Paul, that you want to walk off? So, so let me mention this to you. In 2, Corinthians 10, in, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, the Bible says, 
Pursue faith, love, and all these things with those that call on the Lord from a pure heart. Who are your with those? As you pastor, because pastoring can be lonely. You can have 1,000 members, 500 members, 200 members, but pastors can be lonely. And the question becomes, who do you call on in those lonely moments? Because oftentimes, we as pastors, you know what people start us out with? How's your work doing? They don't ask, how's your walk doing? The first question is, how's your work? And then, and then they might get to, how's the family? But it ought to start off with, man, how's your walk? How, how, how you doing? Then let's get to the wife. Because how you're doing your walk, you know, is going to possibly determine how things are going with your wife and your family. Now, how's the work? So Paul says, hey, man, right here, I, I, I want us to think about pastoring the city. Although we're in the city together, who do you really walk with? Who are you really collaborating with? Who really knows where you are? Who really knows the day that you want to give up and quit? Who, who knows? Who, who's your main brother in ministry that you partner with? Uh, Pastor Steve Bezer and I, as I come to our next point, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Pastor Steve and I, our relationship got started at a restaurant called Salada, eating a salad. And from there, man, our relationship has taken off. I know when Bez is out of town, Bez knows when I'm out of town. I need to know Steve because we talk almost every day. So if I don't need to bother you, if you're out with the wife, I'm not going to call you. Now, a couple years ago, Steve went on a sabbatical, and he went up, you know, brothers don't do this. Steve went, <laughs> Steve went up on a, on, on a trip by himself to New York, and, and, and I called him. I said, Steve, how, how's it going? Man, I'm up climb, climbing this mountain. Climbing a mountain in New York? Yeah, yeah, I'm up, up in these hills and all this kind of stuff. I said, Steve, so, so here's what I said. Steve, they got bears up there? <laughs> Steve, come on down off the mountain, man. Cause like, that, bro, I need to talk to you. I don't need to be at the funeral, man. Come on down. Bear might get you, man. You know, and you know, bro, bro, Steve, like, well, come with me. No, no, Steve, I got invited to go do some deal with Steve. You know, to to look at alligators. I'm like, no, we man, we don't do that, bro. Like, no, one of them might catch us. So we don't do that. And so, uh, but 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 Steve and I know each other very well. We, we, we really engage, we collaborate together, we do ministry together, we talk through ministry on the phone on a regular basis. It, it may not even be anything that our churches are doing together. Our elders have sat down and we've met together at the beginning of the years and, and, and looked at ministry and planned ministry together and assignments together. Steve and I know each other. We collaborate. All of us need somebody that we're collaborating with. Be, and here's the deal. We come together but realize we need a brother because if a brother's not there, you might give up. And, and you don't think about Paul out of all the things. We didn't even say enough about Paul. We, we, we really, y'all know Paul's an amazing brother. But we don't think about Paul as a dude who walked away from ministry assignment. We don't think about that. But in 2 Corinthians 7, let's, look, let's think about Paul here. Verse 5. For even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. But we were afflicted on every side. Conflicts without and fears within. But God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Whoever thinks about Paul as depressed. When you think about the Apostle Paul, one of the first things that comes to your mind doesn't think about he's a depressed guy. Doesn't think that Paul's going through to the degree that Paul, you know, led by the Holy Spirit, would write, but God, who comforts the depressed, comforted me by the coming of Titus. 
in your ministry, have there been moments of time that you were depressed? Now, now, now I didn't come to play with you today. I, I'm coming to talk real talk today. Because as we talk about pastoring, we can talk about the work. But what about the walk? What about where you really are that nobody knows? From January 2023 to June 2023, that's six months, our family laid to rest seven family members, one of which was my dad, my hero in life. From November through February, I cared for my dad almost every single day. Church let me off. I was driving back and forth to Austin. My dad died. But before he died, his brother died. My favorite uncle of his, of his two brothers, who loved me and I loved him, family asked me to do the funeral. My favorite uncle is passed away, and I don't get a chance to really grieve with the family. I got to preach the, preach the funeral. He dies the day after Christmas while my dad is sick. My dad dies February 13th. Then my dad's closest cousin, Uncle JC, he passes away. These were pillars in the faith in our family. These men, when it came down to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they were pillars, three gone just like that. My young cousin, who's a hood rat dude, got it on his shades, to do it, like, like he hood. He, he, ain't, he ain't coming up in here with y'all. And he comes up to me and he says this, man, Cousin Blake, man, that's the last of the Mohicans. He knew that the great men of our family died and four more were coming right after that. So, who, who knows that? That's my story. But if you have the mic, you got some pain stories going on too. And guess what? You got to preach on Sunday. You got to have this counseling session. You got to plan this leadership meeting. And all that's going on, why? Because you have the daily concerns of the churches. And so as we're pastoring together, here's the deal. If we are going to pastor together, we must sincerely value ministerial collaboration with one another. Uh, that, that's the first thing. But here's the next one on, on, on verse 7. If we're going to pastor together, we must sincerely value personal connection with one another. Paul says he was comforted by the coming of Titus. Who is the person that's going to come comfort you? Who's going to know you well enough to know what's going on in your life to where you say, hey, man, here's what's really going on. And who's going to come by your side in that hour when most needed and stand by your side? Who is, who is that person? Because we're not pastoring together if we don't have that person. Who really knows, man, today, I'm not doing good. There were a lot of people from the church that called me, Pastor Blake, this is your first Thanksgiving without your dad. You okay? How, how you doing? A lot of people from the church called. And, and I said, you know what, I'm really good because the Holy Spirit started having me think about my dad. And, you know, talking about Proverbs 20, verse 7, you know, he who has, has a you know, you know, wise father, man, how blessed are his sons behind him. And so the Lord put me in some scriptures to where I was really good. I was, I was really okay, but Father's Day I wasn't. I, w I wasn't good Father's Day. I'm traveling on a plane to Vanderbilt, taking my son to an, an academic camp at Vanderbilt, and, and all of a sudden my son looks over and he just sees me crying on the plane, you know, and, I, and I'm trying not to cry, trying not to be, you know, trying to be controlled. And my son's like, Dad, Dad, you, you all right? You all right? And I'm like, yeah, man, just having a moment about my dad, man. Just having a moment. But, but I got to preach next Sunday. See, do you understand the weight of what we have individually on us personally? And this cannot be done alone. So when we talk about pastoring together, Paul says, man, I was comforted by the coming of Titus. 
who is that person that you really need to open up with to where they know the wounds, they know the hurt, they know the pain of your life? Because we can all talk about the glorious story of being in ministry and what God is doing and how he's moving. That's true. But how are you doing individual? Because Paul, as he's writing this book, says, guess what, man? I'm depressed. And God comforted me by the coming of Titus. Now, I want to read something to you. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm just going to read it to you. I'm not going to do anything else with it. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, this precedes 7 where he's depressed. Sounds like the ministry that you have. He says, I try to give no cause of offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. But verse 4, but in everything committing ourselves as servants of God. Notice these words, in much endurance, sounds like your ministry. In afflictions, your ministry. In hardships, your ministry. In distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness. That's all Holy Spirit-filled stuff. In Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report. You ever had evil report on you? Members talking about you and saying stuff. This... uh, uh, Pastor Steve Besner and I were talking this morning, and he said, hey, man, when you talk to Loritz next time, tell him thank you. I said, what do you want to tell him thank you about? He said, man, his post the other day where he said, oftentimes as pastors, we have to take the high road while our members take the low road. When you're being talked about, lied on, people don't know the situation of how it occurred at the church. You've kept your mouth silent on the situation so that nobody else's character would be destroyed. And you had to keep quiet and say, Pastor did it this way. And they're lying about you. And sometimes people just have their mouths open on you as a pastor and you got to be mature. And keep your mouth silent through mess and lies. And, and, and he says, man, look, look, at, look at what we got to go through in the ministry as we pastor together. He says, by glory and dishonor, I'm in verse 8, by evil report and good report, regardless as de- regarded as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying yet behold we live, as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, having nothing yet possessing all things. Now, now who want to be called to that? You, you're called to ministry and say, hey, hey here, here's what's going to look like, 2 Corinthians 6. Nobody tells you all that. You're ready for, to preach and see somebody come down the aisle. Get saved. Raise your hand. Go over here to the membership deal. That, that, that's what we're ready for. If those that like to, I just preach. Those of you like to join and unite here, our membership team's over here. 800 people go over there. That's all we You ain't looking for that dishonor. You're not looking for an evil report on you when you're sincerely praying for people. You're not looking for close friends to turn their backs on you in ministry. But these are the things that we go through as we attempt to pastor together. And in 2 Corinthians 11, the last thing, here it is. Uh Uh-oh. I took it too far. I got one more slide. Here's what the slide says. I'll tell you what it says. It's 2 Corinthians 11. It's the last one. It's what I read at the very beginning. If we're going to pastor together, we must sincerely value one another's pastoral devastation and dedication. When Paul writes that list, I've got to value the devastation in your life. Listen to what I'm saying. The things that you are going through that are, mark, that are putting the marks of Christ's work on your life. 
the things that are making you who you are in Christ, the sufferings that you're going through. I've got to value the devastation that you've been through. If y'all, we cannot be disconnected from one another to where I do not know what you're going through. When it comes down to Steve Besner and the relationship that we have, I'm going to know about his heart. I'm going to know about his condition. I'm going to know about what they're saying. We're going to pray. I'm going to know about his wife, his children. And Steve and I got a funny joke because one time I was driving back from Austin. It was a girl that I was dating, and I knew I was going to marry this girl. Man, she was a cheerleader at, at Lanier High School, Ryan, and, and she was the, the captain cheerleader in the 11th grade. Now, now, when you're the captain cheerleader in the 11th grade and there's a 12th grader, that means she's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I was doing really good. Don't, don't, don't sleep on me now. And uh, I, I was doing really good, well. She's the homecoming queen, and my mom doesn't like her. I'm like, well, mom, you're going to miss out on this one because I, I sure do like her. You know, I'm, I'm not. And so then we go, I go to Southwest Texas. Uh, freshman year, she graduates. She comes to Southwest Texas. Marriage is already a lot. It's already a lot. We're going to have pretty babies, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's going to be great. And then my sophomore year, when she comes for freshman year, we end up breaking up. We're driving home from San Marcos. I said, Mom, I said, uh, me and Yvette broke up. She said, praise God, God answers prayer. <laughs> mom, mom, we've been dating two and a half years. I'm, I'm wounded. Mom, I need some ministry right now. Praise God, God answers prayer. Steve's son was dating somebody. One of Steve's sons was dating somebody that, that his wife wasn't particularly high on. I had told Steve the story. So when they broke up, Steve's wife got on the phone with me. She said, Blake, praise God, God answers prayer. <laughs> we know each other on a level to where we're deeply connected. I want to encourage us if we're going to pastor together, let's not just focus on the work. Let's focus on the walk. Let's also focus on the wives together. We're going to do the work. But the question becomes, when it comes down to our walk, how are we really doing? Who knows us on that deepest level? And can I appreciate the devastation in your life? So when I'm praying for you because I know you, you're not talking to me about this surface stuff. You're talking to me about the deep things of your spirit. The Bible says that when Paul could not do ministry at that place, he said he had no rest for his spirit. There was something going on on the inside that was troubling him. And he says, I've got the daily concern for the churches. The word concern is the same word as worry. How do you picture the word concern and or worry in the Greek language? It's like get a glass that was whole and drop it on the ground and it shatters. And it's in all kind of places. Why? Because one moment you're hearing about a baby being born. The next moment, somebody's got cancer. The next moment, somebody's dad died. The next moment, you're hearing about somebody left the church. You're scattered all over the place for the daily concern of the churches and what makes you whole. What makes you whole is a relationship with the Lord and a relationship with your brother who knows what you're suffering through in real ministry. So as we pastor together in this city, there's a lot of work to be done. But at the exact same time, if you and I are so wounded that we can't do the work, we've got to make sure we check on each other's walk first. So my prayer is, is that we would get to know each other on a deeper basis. That how do we take our relationship to the next level? Uh, Steve and I have had conversations in the car about where we were in situations where, hey, man, Steve, I, man, me and the wife are going through something. You know, our communication right now is off. Well, guess what? Tuesday, my wife and I were in a counseling class together, you know, going through counseling, marital counseling. Steve knows that. It ain't like we're getting ready to divorce. We just have some off communication right now. But, but you know, if I say, Steve, me and the wife aren't doing well, is he going to call the elders of the church and I'm going to be disqualified? Y'all, because many of us, here's the, here's the reason why we don't know anybody on a deep level. 
the reason why we don't know each other, each other on, on a deeper level is because, man, we're not really biblical. See, Paul wrote he was depressed. The Corinthians should have called all the, the, the Gentile churches. Say, hey, Paul can't be the apostle no more. Know what God said? But not Paul. He, the dude's depressed. And so the reason why we don't really open up is because we're, we're afraid of what somebody is going to see in the broken pieces of our lives. When the last time you cried, you cried with a dude? I ain't talking about your wife. When the last time you cried with a brother over where you were? And another pastor put his arm around you and he began to cry with you. Because he knows your soul. He knows where you are. So as we pastor together, my prayer is not just the work, not just the plants, not just the praying together. But we need to pray in the, we need to pray in the planting. But we also need to make sure that we're okay. Are we really, really okay? So that we can continue to pastor together. We've gone through Hurricane Harvey. We've gone through racial tension. We've gone through uh, the, this COVID deal. We, we've gone through all that. And guess what? We're still here. And because we're still here, there's a brother that we can turn to and say, hey, man, I need you in my life on a deeper level so that we can continue to be here next year. Amen. Father God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would. You've given us a work and we know that Ephesians 2.10 says that you've planned good works for us before the foundation of the world that we would walk in them. Jesus says in John 17, 4, that he has completed the work that you had given him to do. Father, we know it's a work, but may we be concerned about our walk. May we be concerned about our wives and our children so that we can manage the things of God at home well, so that we can manage the household of God well. But I pray, God, that we as brothers would open up, feel safe, God, feel secure to tell somebody, man, right now I'm hurting. Right now, I'm depressed. Man, you got a word for me. You got a prayer for me. I need you in my life right now. And I pray that because we do that, we can make sure that you comfort us through the coming of one of our brothers through HCPN. The same way you comforted Paul in his depression with Titus. God, when a moment is in our life, all we think to do is, number one, call on you. But number two, call on our brother. And God, so that we can continue pastoring together because they care about the work that we're doing. Because Paul said he had a daily concern about the churches. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.